Welcome to the road to growth, success of an entrepreneur. We've raised the bar. Learn firsthand from successful business owners and create your own path to success. I'm going to show you how great I am. It's time to hit the road to growth with team lead of the Enriquez Group, Realtor Vinny. Uh, thank you, Amy, for being here today. You got it. Thanks for having me. Uh, so yeah, walk us through. I mean, I know Realtor was kind of the first first thing that you kind of focus on and then you've over time kind of done more in the kind of the author space. For sure. Um, and I will say I've only recently embraced the entrepreneur title because at the end of the day, that is what I am. It's just taken me a while to like get in the brain space of that. Um, so a little background, I was in education for 20 years, um, middle school teaching, training teachers, the whole, all that. And finally I was like, you know what, time for a change. Uh, my husband and I have bought and sold and, you know, flipped and done investment properties. And he was like, try and get your license. See if you like it. Okay, cool. So yeah, um, 2018, I always forget if it's 2017 or 2018, um, got my license, started in real estate in Boston, greater Boston. Um, had some, I mean, those were the golden years, right? 2018, 2019, 2020, especially in Boston, I, they were coming left and right. And so I was like, this real estate thing is awesome. Easy, breezy. Um, but then a couple things happened. And I, if I'm talking too much and you want to jump in and ask a question. Uh, go for it. You're good. Um, a couple things happened. First, I realized that I don't really like people. <laughs> so, which uh, there's a, I've written a book and it's how to succeed in real estate when you don't really like people. And it's kind of tongue in cheek, but it, I really like people drain my energy. It's just, just, I'm an introvert. I, I like being home on my couch with my cats to make me sound like a total crazy cat lady. And so real estate, as you know, is very person facing. It's a lot of FaceTime. It's a lot of energy. It's a lot of everything. And I would come home on the weekends and just be like, oh my God, I, what am I doing? You know? Um, so couple that with the slight change in the market around 22, 23. And I said, I need to find a better way to do this. I need to find something that to sound like a super cheesy life coach fills my cup and pays my bills. And just generally like I enjoy, I am too far down the road of life to be doing things I don't enjoy. And so I did some soul searching and said, I really miss teaching. I was a middle school teacher. I don't miss middle school. But I miss like sharing knowledge with people and just doing the education piece. And I do like real estate and I have been pretty productive and good at it. And there's a lot of bozo agents out there. So what can I do to make myself happy, build a career that I love at the same time, kind of elevate our profession? Because, I mean, how many times have you said I'm a real estate agent and somebody's like, oh, you know, they kind oh, of I don't even say it anymore. I, I I gave myself a different title just to not have to, to be classified in that kind of group. You right? You get it. I mean, in it's that old adage: one bad apple spoils the bunch. Like, there's enough slime balls out there in the real estate industry that we all get lumped into that category. And so, I'm well, one person. Go ahead. This is. I mean, this is my theory on it. Right? Okay. So you have so many bad realtors out there, right? And I, I know in San Diego, right? It's usually about 80% do 20%, 20% do about 80%, right? I think that's in most markets, yep. right? Yep. So you have a lot of bad, bad realtors. 
and you buy a house with that bad realtor and you're going, oh my gosh, that dumb dumb just helped me out. I could do it too. I'm going to get my license. And then they get the license and then they perpetuate kind of this kind of this snowball effect that kind of happens and it makes us all look bad. Yeah. Well, and funny enough, I always think like, Jesus, anybody can get their real estate license, right? I'm writing an article. I write for Housing Wire as one of my other like keep myself busy things. And I'm currently writing an article about how to get your license in Florida. The pass rate of the Florida real estate exam is 50%, less than 50%. So if only half the people who take the exam are ending up on the streets with us, I mean. Well, it, it was, I mean, I, it's been a long time since I, I took my test. I don't know, 16 years. It's been a, a long time to take the test. But I still remember, because I know the, the, the pass rate was like 70% at that time. And there was, I'm pretty sure out of the 25 people there in the class, two of the people I don't smoke, think spoke any English. Like, and I'm like, you have people that are not really speaking English and they're taking the test and like, it's still, so that should buffer up the numbers and it's just. Well, and I mean, if we're going to go on a rant about the test, I don't know how it is in California. Hmm. Again, I have only, I'm licensed in Massachusetts and Florida. So that's my experience. Yeah. You don't learn how to be a real estate agent. Oh, yeah, yeah. You learn how many square feet in an acre. You learn about chattel and all these random words you're never going to use in your life. But you don't learn like the day to day. You don't learn how to find a brokerage. You don't learn how to calculate commission. You don't learn how to not be an asshole. Like you don't learn all those things that actually go into making a successful agent, which is like a whole nother soapbox I can get on because I feel like there aren't enough actual mentors and programs to produce good agents. It's like, you get your license. Go ahead. Well, also you have to think, right, that majority of realtors, right, are only doing a couple of transactions a year, right? So they get a lump sum of money in their hand. And now you have all these teaching programs, coaching programs trying to sell them, right? Because who who better to sell than the person that just has a bunch of money in their pocket, doesn't know how to spend it. They think they're going to, you know what, I'm going to leverage this deal to learn how to make more money and so on and so forth. So you have these I don't know if slimy is right, but some slimy coaches and things like that that are taking advantage of people of that don't know better. too. Yeah. And I think there's also this, not everybody, I don't want to overgeneralize, but I am all about collaboration over competition. Even in like a low inventory market, there is enough to go around. That's just my belief in the world. And I've been super fortunate that I've been on teams and had partners with other agents who were super helpful and wanted me to learn and wanted me to be better and were incredible mentors because they weren't worried about me stealing their lunch, right? Like they had their business. They also knew there was enough to go around. And so why not pay it forward and help me be a better agent? And I think there's not enough of us in that mindset as well. Yeah. it's. I mean, you really got to make sure you're finding I mean, putting the right people in your corner. I had a uh, someone that joined my team, and right before they joined my team, they went door knocking with another agent they liked. Next thing I know, they 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 told me that, uh, or they they told him that you know what? I talked to the seller directly. He doesn't want to talk to you. He just wants to talk to one person, and it was just kind of just trying to steal it. I was like, you just got to be careful in this business. Yeah, hundred yeah. um, percent. Speaking of door knocking. One of the things I learned that I wish I had learned earlier in my career that I learned later is, again, I'm an introvert. There are certain real estate 
prospecting skills and things that do not bring me joy mm. at all. Right. Like, and I, once I embrace, like, this is how I operate in the world. These are the things I like doing and will do. Things got so much better. Like no offense to anyone who does it. I'm not cold calling. I'm not door knocking. I'm not going to random networking events. They make me, all those things make me nauseous. I'm not good at them. I don't want to be good at them. So I don't do them. But I do think about like, what am I good at? How can I leverage that? And how do I turn that into connections and sales and sphere and all that? Because there's no one way to be a real estate agent, as far as I'm concerned. I, I totally agree. I mean, I, I think that's, I think a, a huge mis misconception, right? Where you're just like, you have to do these avenues to get business. I've used this story before. There was an agent before I got into business that he was really good at SEO. Mm. He never sold the deal himself. He just built a good website and referred all the business out. Right. And that was his whole, yeah. his whole thing. And it's just like, you know what? Hey, all power to him. And that was his. Totally, totally, totally. Um, and along those lines, again, as I'm like creeping slowly toward retirement, which seems like a far distant event, I'm starting to think about like, what do I want my life to look like? And do I want to be boots on the ground, going to open houses, opening doors for clients? Frankly, the answer is no. Right. So I am currently thinking about what are my passions? How do I put them all together? How do I create something? Which is again, where this is where I really stepped into my like entrepreneur stuff because I've been building systems and programs and stuff. Mm -hmm. um, and ironically, it is real estate writing, which you're probably like, there's even a market for that. Um, and side note, I almost failed freshman English in college. So I would like her to see what I've been doing now because jokes on her. Well, okay. So you talked about it that you, you and your husband, right. were in the flipping game before you got into real estate. Right. So I wouldn't say game we've invested, we've, we've renovated. We've, that wasn't like a full-time gig. That was like a side gig, but I got a taste of real estate. Maybe like a, a, a deal a year or somewhere yeah. kind of that ballpark. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So what was, I mean, cause that's a, that's a, it can be, I guess, a, I mean, a totally different thing, right. Of end user. You're still as a flipping business, you're trying to get in the mind of the end user as the, the realtor, I mean, at least on the buying side, you're, you're trying to basically help them kind of cultivate the deal. We'll find what they look for. But when you're in that flipping game, right. And that was what, probably 2016, 15. When you started earlier, we started like 2012. Okay. So that was kind of the market's kind of picking back up after kind of the 2008. Yep. Um, what did that, what did that look like? I mean, was that your first jump into that kind of market of putting your own money out of pocket into that kind of business or what did that look like? Yeah, totally. On all counts. Um, I am super risk averse. Hmm. Like I won't even cross unless the crosswalk sign is on like risk averse. My husband, super risk tolerant. Hmm. So I had a condo in Boston we were living in that I owned and we were like, this is great and all, but like, we need to make some money on real estate. Like, let's figure out how to make some money on real estate. And he said, you know, I think we should buy a two family. And I said, you're out of your mind. I don't want tenants. I don't want to be a landlord. I don't want somebody living upstairs for me, you know, all the things. And he won. So we bought a two family that we lived in half while we renovated the other half. Then we moved in the other half. We renovated the other one. Like, I was just constantly living in a work zone for like a year. And once I got a taste of someone else paying my mortgage, I was like, shit, there's something to this. Mm -hmm. So we just like 
continue to house hack and house, right? Which is you move into okay. one as, as owner occupant, you live in it while you fix it up, you move out, you rent that one, the next one, like it, we just kept doing that. And I haven't paid my own mortgage out of pocket since then. And that's a great feeling, wow. you know? Um, was, was there a point in time, because you're talking about what, 2012 to 2017, so five years of living in a property that you're actually working on. I mean, it has to be kind of, I don't know, deflating and also, yes, on all counts. Um, we did slow down with the renovations, probably in like the house hacking 2018, mm -hmm. 2019, we bought a lovely little condo on the water on the North shore of Boston. And we just kind of like lived for a couple of years. Like we just, had all the investment properties, collected the rent, but like we weren't living in a work zone for once. Gotcha. Um, until February, 2021, we were sitting at dinner, looking at each other, it's freezing cold. And we said, why the hell do we still live here? So we were in greater Boston at that point, And we said, we both hit the cold. We can be location independent. We're getting out of here. And two weeks later, we flew down to Florida did a world tour of properties, put a deposit, went home, and six weeks later, packed up our life and moved to Florida. Did you have any kind of connections in Florida or know anyone? Okay. We had, so we live, I live in Southwest Florida, like the Naples, Fort Myers area. We had never even been to Southwest Florida. We'd been to Florida, we travel a ton, but we'd never been to like this pocket of Florida. It literally was like throwing a dart at a dartboard. What, what made you choose that area? We kind of said, okay, we want to be as far south as possible. Not Miami. Like, I don't want a big city. South, nice beaches, and close-ish to an airport. Hmm. And so a couple Google searches later, I was like, well, this feels like the right place. Um, and it is. We've been here since April 2021. And at that time, right, because you're still getting the rental income, so that's probably mm -hmm. assisting you with basically paying your mortgage, not paying that up, right? You... I guess got out of the kind of the, well, not, I guess not full-time the real estate, but you started, you're making, you can do remote stuff, right? Cause you're writing. Not right? just that. So I still have clients in Boston. Like I'm getting on a plane Thursday okay. to go see clients in Boston. Oh, wow. I have clients here. Okay. I'm doing the writing. We have the rental properties. Um, during our time in Florida, um, my husband's son started grad school in Virginia. And we said, we are of the mindset, like we're not throwing rent at something because that's just money out the window. So we actually bought two family in Virginia and he lives in half and we rent out the other half. So it's, yeah, we're still in the game. Is there, I mean, have there been moments where you felt like maybe we're taking too much stuff on onto the shoulders, stressed out, dealing with renters, the job? I mean, what does that look like? Well, the house in Virginia was recently flooded in the basement. And when we were having the like water demo damage guys in, they discovered asbestos. So then we had asbestos abatement. Uh, that was probably the closest I've been to my breaking point because at the same time, they're getting snow up north. So all my tenants are there saying like the, the plow guy hasn't come, the salt, you know, the sidewalks need salt. And I'm just like, okay, I've had enough. Um, I'm going to throw one more curveball at you. We recently started investing in real estate in Europe. Wow. Because, yeah. well, so my husband is originally from abroad. I have lived abroad. We both speak French fluently. And I was like, I'd love to have a little apartment in France. You know, like the bougie bitch that I am. I think I deserve an apartment in France. Hmm. 
it is stupidly inexpensive. When I tell you we bought an apartment for less than a used car, that is the God's honest truth. It, where is it the the monthly? Where is it, where what's the the catch? There was no catch. It's just real estate has a very different market in Europe. People hmm. don't Europeans don't tend to invest and sell and resell in things like we do here. There's not the churn in the market. Um, so I, I'm I'm not kidding you. Our one bedroom, one bathroom apartment in this like historic old hotel cost $45,000. And so what were the hurdles or the hiccups in like, I guess, buying it, understanding it, carrying title? So it's, it's learning a new system. It's like when I came to Florida and had to learn real estate here, I had to learn the whole real estate intricacies over there it's, they don't do things the way we do here. There's no home inspection. There's no attorneys involved. Like there's some random people that sign papers and pass papers. Again, thankfully we are both fluent in French. So it made it easier. Like if I was doing this in Portugal, probably a different story. Um, tons of red tape. You just need to continue to ask questions and, you know, make sure you're reading everything and understanding everything. I think one of the bigger hurdles was like the currency transfer. So you had to get like, a bank account settled over there, which you can't get till you own property. So like, there's all these like chicken and egg situations, but we've done it once. So now we're looking for more because it's just affordable and you can Airbnb and short-term lease and all that. Well, talking about Portugal, I had a, I'm pretty sure it was Portugal. I had a, a realtor from Portugal on the podcast. And one of the things that, that I thought was pretty interesting was that the turnaround times, at least there usually takes about a week to get a response back on an email. She was saying that it, oh, like, yeah. She it shoots for, for two days. Yeah. Well, she, she, I mean, cause I've, I've tried to refer people to Europe and that's always been kind of thing of them not responding back, but yeah, she's like, yeah, about a week is customary. Like, I was like, yeah, they don't. I mean, some countries literally have laws that you can't check your email after work hours. Yeah, I mean, I, that was the hardest thing for me too, is embracing the, I can't make quick decisions because I'm not going to hear back from anyone for a week. Best case. Never mind. If it's the holidays, Three weeks. Hmm. How long was the, the, the escrow process? Did we even put any money down? I I mean, the whole process start to finish probably took six months. Hmm. And it was a, it was basically vacant. It's not like we were waiting for people to move out. Like it's it just things move more slowly. You just have to be patient. Um, but we're currently exploring like a bed and breakfast a small hotel in Italy. Like there's just stuff to be had over there for relatively short money. Hmm. So when, when you have those, like, I know we were just talking about the, the stressful moments, right? Where you're yeah. uh, having the flooding, you're having the, the snow. What's your process of getting through the stress? First, I call my husband. I yell at him and say, we're selling everything. That probably happens once every two months. Okay. Uh, <laughs> then I kind of like gather myself, prioritize like, okay, who needs what? Remind myself that I don't pay my mortgage out of pocket and I have to make some phone calls to service providers once in a while. Um, thankfully, I have a great property manager up north who's there in a pinch when I need things. I've got a great plumber on call. Like, you know, it takes time to build those teams too. Yeah. Um, and at the end of the day, I'm not saving lives. Like I'll do what I can do. And my tenants may be unhappy. Like I've had tons of heat issues lately. So I'm like, 
go buy a space heater. I'll Venmo you for the cost. Like you just do what you can and you just, you're responsive and you, there's only so much one person can do. Yeah. Um, so I just remind myself this too shall pass and we're not going to sell them because the value keeps increasing and we're crazy to sell anything. Is, does, is your, your husband like more even kill? Does he have those moments too? So he has a very high stress, non-real estate related job um, for which he travels a lot. Like he's not been home with me since mid-November. Oh, wow. So people are jealous of this marriage. Trust me. Um, so a lot of it's on me because he's overseas. So he literally just can't logistically manage the stuff here. So it's almost always on me. Um, he is more even keeled, which is why when I call and say, we're selling everything, he's like, all right, like get off the ledge. Let's figure this out. What can we do? Um, and again, he's very risk tolerant. So he has no problem with any of this. I hate the phone calls. Like I hate the difficult conversations with tenants. That's where I will bring him in. If there's a difficult conversation to be had, I'm like, you're calling. I'm not doing this. Now, with the, the writing gig, right? What what does that look like? I mean, how intensive is it? I mean, it was once a month, once a week. I mean, how often do you actually pen to paper? Yeah, I am pen to paper just about every day, depending on oh. what projects. Um, so I personally have two more books in the works. Um, I do, like I said, I do freelance article writing for a couple places. So they kind of give me as much as I can take as much as I want. They've got like a backlog of articles that need to be written. So it's kind of as I feel like writing them. Um, I'm also building out a writing membership because I know I love writing and I know that not all real estate agents love writing, have the time to write or care about writing. Mm. But at the same time, like your words that are out on the interwebs or in your emails, that's conveying your professionalism, your communication, your attitude, like all those things. And so I'm working on a membership, super cheap, like 11 bucks a month that people would subscribe to where I send them every month. Like here are this, the four emails you're going to send to your clients. Here are the two emails you're going to send to your referral partners. Here's the email you're going to send out to your network. Like these are the things that I will write for you so that they are intelligent, coherent, clear, thoughtful, all the things you just copy and paste and hit send because otherwise you're sending shit from the Starbucks parking lot. Like we've all, we all do it. It is what it is. But my goal is to kind of elevate everyone's writing and by default, just the way they're perceived by their clients. With, with the writing, with all this, this stuff, I mean, because you really don't have, I mean, I guess that baseline, right. With the you're not paying for your mortgage. You're not dealing with that. Where does the why come from? And your, your husband's make, it sounds like making good money. So what's the why for you to take on more of these opportunities? I don't want to work. I, I've got like probably seven years left in me of work. And I don't want to work after that. Um, I had a pickleball lesson this morning. I live in Florida in a gated community. Everyone's like in their 60s and playing pickleball. Hmm. And I was out there and I was like, this is what I want to do. Like, I volunteer for an animal shelter. I was there this weekend. Like, I want to be able to do those things. And to be able to do those things before I'm 100 years old means really banking it all now, right? So I'll bust my ass now, make as much money as I can, and then just smooth sailing. Gotcha. What, now, when you're looking kind of what's next, you have kind of a, 
a game plan if we're talking five years you have like an idea of where you want to be i know yeah, seven years retired but seven years retired i give myself three more years and eh, two to three more years stateside um i would like to be relocated to europe um in the next two to three years full-time or at least three quarters of the year um we've applied for our residency permits like we have all that paperwork to actually be european citizens in progress but my family's in the US. I still have clients here. I have like some investor clients that you'll never give up, right? Like when you have a good solid investor client, mm. I'll be 90 and still working for him. Um, so I imagine that I will come back and forth and do whatever, but I think my home base, I would love in two years to be in France or somewhere well, in Europe. Would you ever plan to, to leverage it out? I mean, so you're not flying, working with those clients and actually having a team member working with those clients have you would you go that direction yes yes and no so like my one main investor client is up north i'm obviously mostly full-time in florida i do have a partner up north who covers things when i can't but i also kind of said to myself when i moved to florida if i can't provide the level of service my clients deserve including facetime and like boots on the ground then i totally farm it out so I mean, I joke about, you know, working with him till I'm 90. There probably will come a point where I say it's better to me just farm it out completely and take a referral fee or whatever that looks like. But I also do a lot of writing on planes. So I love long flights. So I have no problem coming back and forth. If now, by the way, Amy, thank you so much for being, I know we kind of jumped around a lot and no, people listening. Okay. I know it's, uh, it's, um, been a little different from I think most of our structures, but there's a lot to really kind of take in. I think with Amy because she's when I mean, we're talking about I mean, three real pillars with the investing, with the real estate, and with the, the writing. Um, but before before I ask some more questions, what's the best way of um, getting getting more information about you if someone's listening and they're looking to either use as a realtor, books, whatever it might be? Sure, sure. Um, so I am the only Amy Freedy in the world, if you can imagine. Um, because I have a very American first name and my husband is originally from Tunisia. So I have taken his last name and those two names don't normally ever get together. Um, so if you Google my first name and last name, anything you find will actually be me. Um, but I am pretty active on Instagram, Facebook, not so much. Um, my LinkedIn I'm working on the best place for some of the, like the writing stuff is that real estate So but again, search my name, you'll find me. And, and her information, Amy's information is in the show notes. So Amy, if you're, we're talking about those three pillars, right? Investing, yep. realtor, um, writing. If yep. someone's listening right now, maybe they're looking to get in, I guess, into the real estate field. What would be your advice for them to, to step in there? Is there like a, um, a game plan that you would kind of give a new realtor? Is it more so on the writing aspect? Is it more in investing? Is it more kind of, in real estate and what would be your um, ideas? Sure. Um, let's pretend this is a person who just got their license or is thinking about getting their license. Number one, hands down, find a mentor. I don't care if that's someone in your brokerage, outside your brokerage. If it's Joe Schmo, the realtor down the street, find a mentor who is going to support you, who's going to be there for you, who you trust. Um, not always easy, but that is a game changer. Along those lines, I think one area that we do a disservice to a lot of newer agents is on brokerage selection. 
Mm-hmm. We've got brokers who are out there hot and heavy recruiting, you know, come, come to us. We'll give you this split and you get a desk and free business cards and, you know, all the bells and whistles. And I would encourage people to really examine aside from the, what you're going to get for your split. What's the culture fit? What's the expectation? What are the people like? Like if, if you are the kind of person that goes into an office and you can't stand 90% of the people in that office, you're not going to want to go to work. You're not going to enjoy team meetings, like all those things. So I think finding a brokerage is so much more than just the split, especially when you're starting out. What training do they have? What guidance do they have? What mentoring? What programs? What are their tech tools? What's the, you know, all those things. Because it's so easy to get caught up in the the flashy stuff. The We'll do your signs for you and we'll give you a... Um, a CRM. Okay. Whoop. Do you freaking do like, I can get that anywhere. It's the mentoring piece and the support piece that if you have that from the beginning, you will be a different agent in five years. Have you ever wrote an article for like new agents of that list? Cause there's a lot of good, good things to think about right there. Do you have anything like that that you've put out in the past? So my book actually how to succeed at real estate when you don't really like people is soup to nuts. Like you're a new agent. Here are the things you need to know that you didn't learn in your exam. I, okay. I, I go over math problems, like how to calculate your commission and splits and take out taxes. I talk about all the things to think about when you are finding a brokerage. I talk about how to balance your own time and understand your kind of energy and personality type and how to transfer that into your real estate work. It's like, literally, I wish more people would buy it. It's like seven bucks or like a dollar on Kindle. Like I just want the information out there I'm not doing it to get rich because I think I get 90 cents on a book, but I just want agents to be better and be more successful. And to do that, they need that solid foundation. Uh, and and if, if you're, well, if you're listening right now, yeah, for sure. And you're thinking about getting into the real estate field. I mean, have some information of what you're, you're really looking to accomplish. Know what kind of mentor you're looking to have. I mean, yes, it's great to have a, a mentor, right? That's going to be honest, but also you want to make sure that the mentor is actually done business before. So if they haven't done business, it's sometimes it's harder for them to actually tell you what you should do because then they're going to put you in that that bubble, right? Of saying that, okay, you have to be this kind of person, which we've kind of talked about this whole episode that there's so many ways to get the job done. And mm-hmm. that door knocking open house model might not be right for you, but it could be right for them. So uh thank you guys for for listening. Uh thanks for um I mean, following Amy, please subscribe, please share. And if you didn't take anything else away from this, France is really cheap. Go it's buy out there. If you need help, call me. I will help you find something. It is so cheap and so beautiful. <laughs> Perfect. Thanks, guys. Thank you for listening to The Road to Growth, Success of an Entrepreneur. Please like, subscribe, and stay connected. Visit www.TheEnriquezGroup.com. Yeah, I created a website. Hope to see you again next week. The Enriquez Group, signing off.